Yes, we will get to better news from the Virginia Cavaliers angle in the Fast Five at Five-ish, along with the headline that might have you laughing, and uh, hopefully you don't hurt your neck with this one, uh, which uh, is an ode, perhaps, to the headline coming up. But we put that disclaimer in because we're also about to, I mean, I don't know if you'll call it eviscerate the Virginia Cavaliers, but we're about to be fairly critical of them because it's the on-field performance that they did or, let's say, did not deliver. 55-17 getting throttled in Blacksburg North, or I'll call it North Blacksburg, better known as Scott Stadium in Charlottesville, Virginia, by their in-state rival, the Virginia Tech Hokies. Sometimes it doesn't need to be said with words. It can be said with actions and words, which, again, there are many symbols from this performance from a Virginia angle. We touched on the tech angle yesterday, fast lane, Ed Lane, where you listen to podcasts. From the Virginia angle, though, this call of the kick return touchdown from Bayshall Tootin encompassed so much about what this game means to Virginia Tech compared to Virginia. Here's the kickoff back to Virginia Tech, and it's Tootin on the return, gets to the 20, running hard to his left, gets to the 30, down the sideline to the 40. Oh, Tootin slays in bounds, pulling from Virginia, puts a hand in the air at the 20, to the 10, shuttles his motor down, takes it into the end zone, touchdown Tech, runs up the hill into the Tech student section here in Charlottesville. He's mobbed by his Hokie teammates, mobbed by Tech students, flags are thrown, Tootin celebrating. It's a Hokie takeover of the hill in Charlottesville. Party on, Hokies. Touchdown, Tootin. That, the call from Bill Roth, again, Professor Bill Roth to our own Trey Lyle. But Bill Roth of the Virginia Tech Radio Network, as you hear every Hokie football and men's basketball game, on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app and VTR in Southside 106.3. The call encompassed so much about that game. From the Virginia Tech angle, the celebratory nature. The fact that he put his hand up in the air with 20 to 30 yards to go to get into the end zone. Bayshall Tootin did. Because there was no Virginia Cavalier that was putting forth the effort at that time to chase down Bayshall Tootin. Never mind that they probably weren't going to catch him. But that lack of effort around big plays is a theme we discussed yesterday in the fast lane. That Virginia Tech was going to take advantage of big plays and that there seemed to be from the on-field product a lack of that intensity and effort for the Virginia Cavaliers. We're not the only ones saying this, by the way. We'll have plenty more thoughts, including some of yours, around 545 today after we chat with Ben Cates of NewsAdvance.com on High school football playoffs in the semis and Liberty football conference championship game this coming Friday uh, that will preview even more in depth as the week progresses. But it's the celebratory nature. It's the fact that the hill is so iconic for Virginia football during their glory days, which seem like a distant memory for them. But the hill, which is the iconic spot where the students congregate at the University of Virginia. Oh, there were students there, but they weren't Virginia Cavalier students. They were some of Trey's former classmates at Virginia Tech. I, I The one time I went to the Tech-Virginia game at Virginia, that's where I stood. Last time I went as a fan, which was over a decade ago. Hard to remember that moment. I may or may not. If you go back and watch, it would have been the 2018 Virginia. It was, yeah, 
It was the year yeah, after. Tw- was it, it the, the Bryce Perkins year that he, they won, or was it the one before that? No, it was the last. Uh, what's his name? He he has a he went to the the court. Kurt Benkert. Kurt Benkert. That would be it. Was his last his last game? Twenty seventeen. Okay, because it would have been the year after the ACC championship game Correct. for Tech. So twenty sixteen was Fuente's first year. So long ago now. Yeah, I mean, for Virginia, those glory days are way in the rearview mirror. And the rivalry, well, that wasn't really a glory year. That was the. Broncos two and whatever year. Well, two no Broncos two win year was his first year, and, and then that was it was the year, second. Year. It was Broncos second, second year. year. Broncos second year was and Fuente year. And Fuente Bronco and Fuente were on the same trajectory that Pry and Elliott are currently on. Although at the rate we're going, I don't know if it's going to be the same trajectory. Let's just five say years from now. if you um, if you go and watch the TV tape, uh, I am featured on it, um, saying something that I'm not allowed to say here. Well, you know I what, I think I've Trey, showed you that video. Trey, you have not. I'll be glad to look at it at another time. But getting back on break. track, Trey, that kick return we played from your professor, Bill Roth, yes. at Virginia Tech, as he calls the games on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app, including a bowl game at location to be determined, minus one of the members of that offense. Uh, the More on that in the Fast Five at Five-ish. But it embodied so much. Tootin is celebrating yards before he gets to the end zone because... Once again, there's no Virginia Cavalier in sight for him. Once again, Virginia Tech, they are finishing a play strong, and Virginia, they clearly are not. At that point in the game, 38-10, to 10, excuse me, not 38-10, 38-3, let me get that correct, 38-3 to 3 at that juncture of the game, there were no Virginia students left on the hill, or not nearly as many as Virginia Tech. So you could run up on the hill and be mobbed by your teammates and classmates. He- he, on his I mean, first touchdown, ran up the hill, and there was a couple tech students. Like, I think there was a lot of tech students on the hill there even was before a, that. There was a lot, but the, the proportion was more evenly distributed, whereas by the end of that, it was all tech students who ended up rushing the field afterwards, which gets us to another point of what Basial Tootin said to the Virginia Tech Radio Network in the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app afterwards about that kick return touchdown. I saw, I was uh, I was actually running, and I looked up to the dumper trying to see how, how close the next defender was. And I saw he was probably like 15 yards back, so I let up. 15 yards back. So I let up. He let up with 30 yards to go and is celebrating. I mean, what does that say about the level of energy that these guys put into the game from each of these teams? And then there's Steven Gosnell. And it goes to a point that goes both ways. The Virginia Tech fan base, it clearly means more to the fans, to the alumni, to the players, to the coaches, to the administration in the schools and around the program. At Virginia Tech, it means more than at Virginia. Stephen Gosnell, speaking in the infamous soundbite that we again credit to our friend Andy Bitter and our friends at TechSideline.com, but Stephen Gosnell saying this afterwards. Yeah, it is intertwined, you know. For it to be UVA, you know, I don't think I've had that level of dopamine hit in a while. You know what I mean? So... Definitely a great feeling, you know, knowing we're go- we get one more with this uh, with this team. You know, this team is resilient. You know, I'm definitely glad we get one more, and um, we got to become eligible. I will finish by them. Whooping the bleep out of them. It clearly meant more. You can hear it. Those are two players who both conveyed it in different ways after the game. And then, of course, Mike Burnup, when he spoke with Brent Pry and laughing, jovial, a great mood, using the phrase fanny whipping. Coach, have you ever been happier, my man? This was a, <laughs> that was a fanny whipping out there today. Heck of a job on a business trip. 
Yeah, I'm going to tell you, so proud of everybody. They really worked their butts off this week, prepared like crazy, coaches and players. Great job by our lettermen sending in videos and messages. And Coach Beamer and Coach Foster talking to the team. I mean, just an unbelievable effort by everybody to get this group ready and understanding what this game's all about. What this game's all about. Brent Pry, first response to the first question that he had with the Virginia Tech Radio Network on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app and VTR in Southside 106.3 after the game was about what this game meant to Virginia Tech and how they pull out all the stops and they do it all the time. They call on the alumni, the former players. Dax Hollyfield was up there apparently saying some words that may be similar to what Trey yelled in the 2017 he version of this game. He also apparently got jumped, so let's tell the I whole story here. I would not jump a former linebacker. Which, but which that... <laughs> good luck with that. Not just, not, not just a former linebacker, a current pit crew member in the NASCAR Cup Series. So it's not like a former linebacker who's like had a regular job. Like and this, guy is, this guy is like still in peak athletic shape. I mean, he may not be in peak NFL linebacker shape, but he's still in to peak. be to carry a. He's in better shape. Seventy-five pound tower. Yes, he, it may not be ninety-nine point nine percent to be an NFL linebacker, but he's in better shape than ninety-nine percent of us out in the real world. So put that into, and he has the strength to be able to ward that off. But he was there. Obviously, we heard what Brent Price said afterwards in the Virginia Tech Radio Network post-game show on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app. How. They called on Coach Beamer and Coach Foster, who was with us last week, Fast Lane Headlane, where you listen to podcasts to check out the interview. But they pulled out all the stops. That's what they did. It clearly meant more to Virginia Tech than it did to Virginia. From the lead-up to the game, from the product on the field, 55-17, from the effort and lack thereof when you compare and contrast the two teams, and then the reaction afterwards. Because here's what Tony Elliott had to say. About this game, clearly he didn't take the same approach and Virginia by default following his lead did not take the same approach to a game that clearly at this point does not mean more and certainly on Saturday did not mean more to the Virginia Cavaliers than it did to their rival, the victorious Virginia Tech Hokies. I got to tip my hat to Brent. Uh, they did they did a heck of a job today. Uh, they were ready to play. Uh, they, 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 they took it to us uh, early on. Um, I didn't have my guys ready to play, but I'm not going to make this uh, bigger than, than, than what it is. Uh, this is this is one game. Um, we're going to learn from it, and, and we're going to get better uh, this offseason. And then we got to wait, unfortunately, you know, for 365 days to get another shot. But uh, but I'm not. Uh, that's not how I how I view it. That's not how I think. I get there's a bigger picture question about the the, the message of Tony Elliott, particularly the contrast and emotion in victory and in defeat. And, I mean, look, I I get it. Hugh Freeze looked emotionally distraught after Auburn and his uh, Auburn Tigers uh, gave up fourth and a mile, as it's been called, fourth and and goal from the 31, to Alabama this past weekend. But the truth of the matter is you have to convey a certain level of emotion to your team and to get them to run through a wall for you. And you have to be able to convey the intensity around the game. And you may not want to make a rivalry game like Virginia Tech bigger than what it may seem to be, which is going 1-0 every week. But when you hear it means a lot to Virginia Tech's alumni and fans, when it's conveyed by the former players and former coaches, and Brent Pry and his staff featuring former Hokies like J.C. Price on the defensive line, like Pearson Prelude in the defensive backfield, among others. And Brent Pry, by the way, being a, a former Virginia Tech player himself. 
they convey all that and they pull out all the stops, it gives them a level of emotion and edge to play with in a game like this. And Virginia looked like they had none of that during the game. Oh, we documented that yesterday in the fast lane. But at this point, there's no denying the rivalry means more to Virginia Tech than it does to Virginia. Which is not a good thing for Virginia. No, for a number of reasons. And here's the thing. Tony Elliott conveying afterwards, trying to convey how he relays the importance of Virginia Tech to his team. Uh, Hear what he has to say, and you be the judge on whether this inspires a lot of confidence in you as a fan and whether you think it would inspire a lot of confidence in Virginia players. I have to, in that locker room and in the program, uh, change the mentality and mindset when it comes to uh, viewing uh, the rivalry. Um, and in this offseason, um, I'll spend time you know, figuring out the right way to articulate uh, that uh, to, uh, to everybody in the building. Uh, but, but I think more importantly, what we're learning as a program is, you know, we got to have, you know, the right mindset week in and week out, you know, where um, we're always chasing our best game. It doesn't matter how well you played the week before or how bad you played the week before. You're always chasing uh, your uh, your best game. And I felt like uh, just overall, uh, we, 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 we thought some plays were going to carry over from last week. Um, and touchdowns don't carry over, blocks don't carry over, um, tackles don't carry over, and you got to go earn it um, every single uh, every single week. Well, for one, the idea that we're almost two years into the tenure, I guess officially after the game, two years into the tenure, and the idea of things carrying over from week to week, that in and of itself is clearly concerning if I'm a Virginia Cavalier fan. But also finding a way to convey the importance of this matchup. Now, let's, let's give a pass. I, I'm okay with this. To Tony Elliott that they didn't play the game last year because of the tragic shooting on grounds. And the fact that Tony Elliott does not come from Virginia. But isn't that also the time where you should be able to reach out to guys on your own roster, by the way, like a Chris Slade, who had been a part of this rivalry. Other guys around the Virginia program. There are two of them. Tony uh, Covington, Virginia Radio Network football analyst, and Ahmad Hawkins, who does a lot with the team, and constantly be mining them for the meaning of this game, to convey that to your team, to get that message across, to get them fired up and inspired. Because that is part of your job as a coach, is to inspire your team. And I, I get it. You should want them to bring the same level of emotion and intensity in every single game. And for 11 out of the game, games out of the year, that's kind of the approach that you would take. But there are those exceptions to the rule and this seems like it should have been an exception to the rule. And it goes back to the point that you mentioned, Trey, which is you know that's the big concern for Virginia going forward. And it does raise a long-term concern that comes out of the reality, which is right now, this rivalry between Virginia Tech and Virginia clearly means more on the field, in the buildup and lead up to the game. And then, of course, in the way those two programs view themselves and the way they seem to be committed to trying to win these type of football games. Because Virginia Tech feels like they've got momentum going. They've got an NIL collective that's nowhere close to an SEC caliber in terms of the volume of money that comes in and the ability to pay players on that particular scale. Maybe uh, certain SEC schools. I mean, well, let's just say not the top SEC schools. There we go. I was going to say, I think they could go toe-to-toe with... I don't know, Vanderbilt. Kentucky. Kentucky. I think or, Kentucky's a good one. I mean, probably more now than when Tavian Robinson left Virginia Tech to go to the Kentucky Wildcats. But was that NIL or was that he left? He, that was a coaching staff changeover. I think it was actually a combination of both. Yes. Uh, because from what I have heard, there was NIL that was involved, but it also came at the changing of coaching staff, and you're not sure where things are going. And so I get that, and I understand that. But the bigger point, though, about that, Trey, is if you look on Virginia Tech's collective website, the collective they have for the Virginia Tech Hokies. The Triumph. Triumph. 
almost all the key players on the Virginia or, Tech football team. Or the team, Hokie way. Yeah, either one. They're all kind of tied together. But they're all tied in from football to men's basketball to the non Revenue generating sports, which you could even say men's basketball is not, but for all sports, if you're a key player, you're going to be getting something in NIL. Okay, yes, other programs could offer more, and that may be enough to uh, lure them away from Virginia Tech, but they're at least a player in that game. Is Virginia in that category or not? They should be. I, I don't know as much about it. I know they've got a collective, but it doesn't seem like they're doing a ton to get themselves out there on a broader scale outside of the Charlottesville area when you got to be mining for dollars all the time. The commitment, not to facilities even as much now, although Virginia needs to upgrade those, but at the end of the day, it's probably more like the NFL. You need good functional facilities with all the regular amenities, but you don't need the water parks and the slides and the putt-putt courses and all that other stuff. At this point, players, I mean, look, you can have all that stuff, but if X school doesn't have it, but they're going to offer more money, the player may well end up going to that school. And I've said it before, I have no problem with name, image, likeness, or even the concept of pay for players. The only things that are really taboo for me in constructing a roster and trying to build a championship program. Do you have stuff like what went on at Baylor with Art Bryles? I know Ian McCall was there, but this was a Bryles thing even more than Ian McCall. Or Penn State with, I know you can't say anything bad about him in the Penn State lore, but the court records say otherwise. Jerry Sandusky and Joe Paterno. If you have that stuff, okay, I can understand being upset. But victimless crimes like $500 handshakes have never really fallen into that category. And now, $500 handshakes or $50,000 handshakes or insert your dollar amount here, that stuff is all above board and legal. So that is another question that can come out of this. Because, again, those are all questions that are fair and reasonable to ask. Virginia right now, because for Virginia Tech, they've got some level of alignment in that department going forward. They clearly are willing to channel that for a rivalry matchup, and they've made being the flagship Power 5 program a focus at Virginia Tech football compared to Virginia football. And and they do have two NIL groups, the Hokie Way and Triumph NIL, but the CEO of, uh, and I just looked this up, Triumph NIL is Kelly Woolline, and he's... Uh, He's also a member of the board. And let's let's look at some names who would and this is you want to talk about the fabric either with the rivalry of, of Virginia Tech. Uh, Justin Robinson, member of the the Hokie Way. Tyrod Taylor, member of the Hokie Way. I say those two pretty good pretty good people. Who is uh who's on uh Triumph? Uh just Brendan Hill and Kevin Jones. Um I again that's two good guys that if you know Virginia Tech. And who else has been promoting Triumph NIL? Michael Vick is pretty good. I'd say is a pretty good choice. So the, it just shows to me like Virginia Tech is more organized in this front, or at least as what I've seen, it, it organized in this front compared to to Virginia, and that is a scary thing. When you beat your rival fifty five to seven, like let's let's contextualize this. If Alabama beat Auburn fifty five to seventeen, instead of what happened. And Alabama fans stormed the Jordan hair. Granted, I don't think there'd be enough Alabama fans at that game to do it like Tech did. Hugh Freeze's job pressure goes up insane. Because that just can't happen. Same thing at any major rivalry. It just can't happen. Like, it can't happen. 100% Trey. If you're organized, you bring up a great point. Because 
If you're organized at Virginia, you have to be organized in the NIL front. Virginia Tech is, and that's a good thing for this team because they hit the NIL front correct. Like, look at this game. Virginia Tech's NIL front got them transfers they needed at quarterback, at receiver, at defensive end, and at running back. And at running back. At running back. And you could argue the top three most impactful players on this team were APR. Antoine Powell Ryland, transferred defensive end, who's a Virginia native, but from Florida. Basial Tootin. Transfer and, running back from North Carolina A&T. I like this setup. And Kyron Drones. Transfer quarterback from Baylor. Right? Like, would you say I those mean, are if, the three if, most if, impactful if, players if, on this team if, this year? Um, you could Maybe Dorian that. Strong. Jalen, the more athletic lane, transfer from Middle Tennessee. Yeah. Who uh, was okay. clearly getting enough attention because he torched Miami last year, 2022 season. But your, your point, Trey, on a bigger level, it's the nail on the head. Virginia Tech is not going to outbid on the transfer portal. Schools like Oklahoma, for example, the offensive lineman, the backup lineman. Or even if we want to go to the recruiting front, there's a reason Chris Cole is going to Georgia. Oh, 100%. Trey, when I ran the Salem Half Marathon or the 8K version of that race, a number of folks. Hey, wait, where did community. you finish second in? I got to give you credit. No, I finished first in that particular race. The Star City Ave Marathon you finished was second. second. Okay, so I you just. I'm, I'm not trying to humble brag. There we go. Thank hey, you, we're so keeping anyway, receipts later, and that was the way to keep receipts. Well, I mean, I guess it is. But anyway, I, so I get done with the Salem 8K, the Salem Virginia 8K back in mid October. And there are a number of folks in the Salem community. And I, we just got to talking, you know, they saw the Fast Lane logo, which I wear when I run regularly. And they saw it, so we got to talking, you know, hey, I host the show, you know, we also have a presence in the Roanoke Valley with Talk Radio 99.5 FM uh, and 1240 AM, your home for Radford Highlanders basketball on the Roanoke Valley, and of course on the VTR and Roanoke app. So we got to talking about all that. And, you know, Chris Cole, the linebacker who goes to Salem High School, and his teammate Peyton Lewis, the running back who also goes to Salem High School, Cole committed to Georgia, Lewis committed to Tennessee. Name came up. And, you know, I just got into casual conversation with a couple of different people. And I said, you know, look, let's be honest. Like, I told them, I said, I have no, no problem. I'm not judging the kids at all. Like, what, what do you know about the kids? They said, they're both really good kids. Great kids. They're actively involved in the community uh, of Salem, Virginia. They seem to be good kids at school. I'll take these people at their word because they're closer to them than I am. And then we got to talking about, you know, schools like Virginia Tech and Virginia. And I said, you know, what, what's the realistic possibility that those kids would have committed to Virginia Tech or Virginia? And the, one of the offhanded comments was, maybe if they got a couple hundred thousand dollars lying around, they would have been able to lure them in. And that's the truth. Virginia and I think Tech, Virginia Tech's getting there. Virginia Tech is at least closer on players like that. They're at least in the conversation, which Trey means, let's just say Chris Cole washes out of Georgia or Peyton Lewis washes out of Tennessee and they recruit over those guys. Guess what? If they hit the transfer portal, they could always still look at a place that could pay NIL. Maybe not Georgia, Tennessee NIL, but could pay reasonable NIL. Well, they've already done their research to know where these two programs at Tech and UVA are for the ability to attract a player like that in a transfer portal. And guess who would probably have a better chance of winning out on those particular players? And it's no knock if you're getting dismissed from Georgia because you can't perform well. Jermaine Johnson, first-round draft pick from the New York Jets, played at Georgia, transferred out. Still a very good player. Because he wanted more playing time. He wanted more playing time, and he just wasn't going to get it on the loaded Georgia defense. Now at the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes. uh, By the way, no, Jermaine Johnson's not with Philadelphia, but I know. But that Georgia defensive line, he couldn't start in front of. Yeah, three fourths of it. Three fourths of it is the Eagles. Might be the Eagles' defensive starting line this weekend when they take on the San Francisco 49ers, which you can listen to right here on CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg. 
Yes, very good plug, Trey. Uh, in the midst of our coverage, and yes, I know we'll have people upset at our scheduling this weekend. We can just go ahead and thank them in advance. Tech for basketball also plays on Saturday. Yes, thank you for that, Trey. So, Tech women's basketball. Tech men's basketball is Sunday. But anyway, Trey, here's the thing. You've got to have that to be in consideration. Virginia right now is not in that consideration. There seems to be a reluctance among them to go after that route. And it's not that you have to pay bukus of money. But you've got to be competitive. Now, for basketball, I get it. They are. It's going to be hard to win out if Alabama wants to offer a guy multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars, as allegedly, a guy like Jaron Stevenson did to commit to Alabama. A guy like Con Knupel, who committed to Duke after Virginia's much longer recruitment. Uh, it's hard to, to contend with Duke, even if NIL isn't a factor, which NIL is available at Duke. It's the Duke brand. But at least there's some level of organization. And that's where, if I'm a Virginia fan, I'm really upset because I'm going, wait, we have a very well-endowed alumni base. We have the resources. We just got to ask them to step their game up to be able to put an organized program together. And of course, it goes back to the bigger picture if you have the structure with the head coach. Is he engaged in that? I don't know enough about Tony Elliott, but it doesn't seem to be a point. I I understand the challenges of the the last two years at the University of Virginia. But part of the reason you're paid millions of dollars is to still be able to handle the day-to-day tasks on top of those challenges and know how to push the right buttons. And that is a very valid and reasonable question. But as it stands right now, the it just means more product and result clearly tilts in favor of Virginia Tech as the game this past weekend most definitely shows. Trey, we will get to other thoughts on this because listeners have shared theirs. We will also get to other coaching nuggets and bits of information, including the aforementioned Virginia Tech Hokies that we wanted to discuss in the Fast Five at Five-ish. So we will do that around 5.45 today after our chat with Ben Cates of NewsAdvance.com, slated to join us next. We pivot away from this rivalry to touch on the Liberty Flames, 12-0, getting ready for the Conference USA Championship game this coming Friday night. And Saturday, high school football semifinals. Four teams from the area are still involved, including two from our immediate vicinity. So we'll discuss that when we return here on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app. You are listening to The Fast Lane. 